Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what the heck works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Maxwell Finn, and we'll explore how to use Facebook ads to turn your existing customers into loyal, fanatical, repeat customers. I got to tell you guys, we talk about stuff that blows me away in this episode. You definitely want to pay attention to this one. If you want to reach me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Also, don't forget, I got another show. Got a weekly show called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show where we, where we break down the news every week that you need to know as a marketer. All right, with that, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What did you find, Eric? I found a really cool tool that helps you to implement the iOS live photos, especially on Facebook. What's it called? It is called Into Live. And what this does is it allows you to create a Facebook post that then you can put text on the screen and you can basically say, hey, press and hold. So you get that interaction on your Facebook post and then the video will start as long as you're pressing and holding. And and by the way, you have to do this on a mobile device for consumption purposes. I think I saw something from one of our social media marketing society uh, members on this, right? So what was kind of cool about this is it was a picture of a woman and she had written on the picture, it said, uh, hold down your finger here and you know, for, for a few seconds or whatever. And then once you did that, that picture turned into an actual video of her talking, which kind of blew people's minds. That's what this is. Is that right? That's exactly that. Yeah. So that she, the way she did that, uh, and it's the modern tog, by the way, I want to give credit to her. Um, how you use, how you do it is, is you use this app. It's called into live. And what you do is, is you create your video inside of that and then you export it out, and then you have to upload it on mobile, Facebook mobile, and then you create your post. And and what this does is, if you're not familiar with a live, um, photo. A live, live photo, photo or a live video on iOS, it allows you to create that uh, thumbnail for the video inside of there. So that's when you you uh, you create the press and hold uh, thumbnail, and then once you upload this to Facebook specifically, that's where uh, you press and hold, and then it unlocks the video and starts playing it. It's it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it, the, the um, 
it's kind of gaming the the live photo feature that is uh, an iOS thing, and I don't know if that's eventually going to move its way over to Android. But but um, anybody who's ever uh, who has an iPhone, there's this little circle kind of feature, and if you, you look at a picture, it'll move slightly, and it kind of freaks you out. It kind of reminds me of the Harry Potter movie, you know, where you're walking down the hallway, <laughs> right? Yes. And the newspaper is moving a little bit. The pictures in the newspaper, it's the same concept, except this app is kind of gaming that a little bit because they're taking a separate video and they're coupling it with the still image and they're uploading it as a live photo. Now, the only thing that I noticed is I had to push on it twice to get it to work. Did you also have to do that or did it work the first time you tried it when you were previewing it on your phone? It worked the first time for me. I know a couple other people were asking if it was going to, since it was created in iOS, if it was going to be uh, useless for Android people to try to do it. But I've seen now that people on Android and iOS, but you have to be on mobile, but both those devices, uh, pressing and holding it, it worked just fine. So. I think it's kind of a cool idea because it's novel. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of somewhere between an animated GIF and a movie, and there is no play button. You just have to know to to hold down on it, and then boom! All of a sudden, it becomes something different. Uh, do they have examples and stuff on the site? I would imagine they must on their pa- their Facebook page have samples, right? Yeah, there's a couple different. Uh, versions and examples that you can see. And they even have uh, some YouTube app, or not YouTube apps, YouTube videos uh, walking you through uh, the creation process so that you get a really good handle on what you can do with it. How much does it cost? It's a free app and there's in-app features that unlock, you know, different themes and fonts and different things like that to, to create things that are like $199 and $299. But this is definitely only an iOS um, piece of software that you have to run on your your iPhone. Is that correct? Correct. The good news is if you're on an Android, you could still get somebody on an iPhone to create this effect for you because with this app, because once the effect is created, it'll work on any mobile device. It won't work on desktop is our understanding. Is that correct? No, I've tried that. It doesn't work. It's only, you know, it's, it's got to register, uh, a, a, an actual fingerprint or not a fingerprint, a finger push. So, yep. Very cool. All right, Eric, thanks for that. Uh, Oh, where do we find the app? Yes. So the best way to find it is to go to Into Live. That's I N T O L I V E. Type that into the search in the iOS App Store. One word, right? Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for today's interview with Maxwell Finn. 
To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Maxwell Finn. If you don't know who he is, he's the co-founder of Unicorn Innovations, a Facebook ad agency that specializes in customer acquisition. His clients include some names you might be familiar with, including Pat Flynn, Kevin Harrington, 3M, and American Express. And his online course is called Facebook Ad IQ Academy. Max, welcome to the show. It is great to be here, Michael, especially after this holiday weekend. A lot of fun. Yeah, and we're recording this just after Thanksgiving. And today, what Max and I are going to talk about is how to use Facebook ads to turn your existing customers into repeat customers. Very, very fascinating and narrow little path we're going to go down here. But I think a lot of people listening are going to be very interested in this. Now, before we get there, Max, I want to back up the train a little bit and ask a little bit about your story. Like what got you into Facebook ads? Like start wherever you want to start. Sure. So I have a very unique upbringing because my grandfather was an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur and uh, they built the largest privately owned commercial real estate company in the world, NAI Global. And so that's really, I started in the marketing world back in 2007, 2006 with SEO and web 2.0 and helping their agents build their brands and make more money. And it, it happened to be great timing because it was the recession. These guys went from making $3 million a year to $0 a year. And mm-hmm. what used to work didn't work anymore. So that was really where I, I started. But I knew commercial real estate, residential real estate, that world was just not too exciting for me. Uh, it wasn't something I was passionate about and decided to take a, a different approach and go into the uh, the SaaS space, the software space, get involved in a startup right outside of college, and uh, we raised a good amount of money for that, built up to 500,000 users. And, and that really pushed me down a path of e-commerce, which then led me to an agency with Kevin Harrington, which then led me to a more specific customer, customer acquisition agency that's more specialized today, along with the educational space. So it was like a, a rapid fast forward through about a decade of my life. I'm more than happy to talk. Yeah. About well, let me areas, ask you but, about, you know, Kevin Harrington, uh, do were you working with him before or after he was on shark tank? It was after. So we, Kevin had, you know, obviously huge public figure, incredibly influential, incredibly brilliant. Um, but didn't have the online presence that he, he should have had for how big of a star he was and, and a successful entrepreneur. So me and my partner, Jeremy Adams really helped him with that. And then it kind of naturally evolved into an agency because he said, all these people are coming to me and saying, hey, here's my product. Can you help me with it? All those products needed digital. We were the digital experts. And so he said, let's just start a company together and we'll do deal. We'll do kind of the full deal from me bringing the product in, sourcing it, getting it on TV, all the things he's great at. And then you guys help with the, the funnels, email marketing, Facebook ads the Shopify store, everything on that side. It was kind of a perfect match for the two of us. Awesome. So so how many years would you say you've been working on the Facebook ad side of things? Uh, going on probably five years now that I've been on the platform. It's obviously changed. Right. It's night and day since then, um, which is great because they've invested heavily since day one in that platform. And really what you've done for all of your clients is help them figure out how to how to uh, convert people into customers. And that's really your focus. And what I'm excited about today is this, this second part of the equation, like which so many marketers never focus on, which is, you know, the easiest way to say this is it's sexy to chase and acquire customers. 
But then once you have them, <laughs> you know, continuing to uh, nurture them and ultimately upsell them or get them to buy other products and become really evangelists for the company is kind of a totally different ball of wax that a lot of times marketers don't think through. And um, I'm fascinated by this idea of actually using Facebook to turn your existing customers into repeat customers. And I, I'm curious, like, you know, why the concept? Why should? What are the benefits that marketers maybe need to hear from you about this? Sure. I, I think a lot of marketers and business owners have this, this flawed assumption that once I get somebody as a customer, my product is so incredible and my follow-up is so incredible and all this stuff so great that they're just going to buy from me forever, that it's a done deal, that I'm, I'm good, move on to the next one. And the reality is that there's still a lot of competition. There are still plenty of people in the space that are competing with you that are trying to get that customer to leave your brand to their brand. And there's not that much loyalty built after one transaction. Now, if you've been drinking Coca-Cola for two decades and your grandparents drank and your parents drank it, that's a little harder to move. But for a first-time purchase, uh, you don't have as much brand equity and loyalty with that customer as you think. So it is really, really important that you don't neglect your customers once they buy from you. And as far as Facebook specifically, if you look at email, which is probably one of the primary channels that businesses use to follow up with customers, if you're really, really great at it, you're one of the best in the world at it, you're getting you know, 20 to 25% open rates. Maybe. Yeah, and that's, at the, so, yeah, yeah, that's if you're lucky, right? If you're lucky, yeah, I'm, I'm speaking most optimistically, right? So the, the best of the best of the best. So if you have a thousand customers, every deal, every message you send to them via email, you know, 800, 850 of them are not getting that message. And with Facebook and paid media, you take control of that delivery and that open rate because you're, you know, you're paying to play there and you're ensuring that those thousand customers are going to see the special deal I'm making them. They are going to see this thank you video I'm running for them. They are going to see this uh, contest I'm running for customers. Well, and I want to reiterate this, you know, we at Social Media Examiner uh, send millions of emails a week because we have a very large list. And I can affirm that what Max is saying is absolutely true, that the vast majority of people never, ever will see your emails. And, um, and, and that, includes the, <laughs> that includes your customers, right? Because uh, there is no guarantee that they will choose to open it. And, and it's, of course, email is its own little mad science. But, but what's really exciting about this also, Max, is that this concept, I would love you to tell me what your thoughts are on this, that it's easier to... Um, it's it's harder to acquire a customer than it is to um, to t to to sell something. It's harder to sell something to a stranger than to an existing customer. I mean, is there a little bit of truth to that? There's a it's mathematical. I mean, there's statistics backing up that it's over five times more difficult and costly to acquire a customer than it is to resell an existing customer. That's which a big is why that's so a big advantage right this. there, right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean that that's already interrupted. That that's why it's so insane. Why y the numbers are there? Like, hey, I worked so hard to acquire this customer, and I've done all that work. I put all the money in, and now I have this kind of layup where it's five to seven times easier to resell them, and I just really don't do anything with it. And, and it's it's amazing that businesses don't really invest that much time and cash into this this kind of life cycle of a customer. So in summary, the advantages for everyone listening right now to, um, to sell an existing customer are, number one, they know, like, and trust you, hopefully, because they know who you are. Um, and number two, they're more likely to purchase from you than a stranger. 
And number three, you probably aren't communicating with them as much as you like to think you are by simply sending an email. And that's kind of really, I think, the setup to why we should consider using Facebook. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what we can do with Facebook, if you don't mind, um, so people can understand a little bit about what we could do um, with Facebook, specifically with our customers. Sure. So perfect example. It's great timing. You know, on Monday, we at Unicorn Innovations did a big deal for our courses. We came out with a season pass where you can basically prepay for the next year's worth of courses. And it was an insane deal. It was a $1,000 uh, price for $10,000 of value. And we just offer this to our customers. We didn't run Facebook ads to cold traffic, warm traffic. We sent them to customers. Mm-hmm. And we had a, I'm looking at the numbers right now, a 37.37x return on ad spend on that. So we spent only $300 because it was a small targeted list of customers. But we brought in over $12,000 in sales and it's digital products, so it's all profitable. And that was just one of the offers we ran. So it is you know, an incredibly profitable type of campaign to run when you have a new product, when you're coming uh, up to certain times of year where there's seasonality impacts, so the holidays, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, and you wanna do special deals or you wanna introduce new products, this is a perfect audience to use to roll that out to. Um, to ensure that the the numbers work, because the the numbers for cold traffic are not going to be that great. But if you balance it out with post purchase, where you have these 10x, 20x, 30x returns, and then you look at the campaign as a whole, that's where the numbers start to work for paid traffic. So the mechanics on this, I'm assuming, were you probably sent an email. And also did an ad campaign and kind of combine those together. Is that correct? Or can you share a little bit of the, that is, of the wisdom on that? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm a big believer in multi-touch point marketing. Uh, when I talk about Facebook and Messenger and kind of dis email, I'm not saying that we don't email. We still send a lot of emails and we're still big email marketers. At the same time, we know that the the customer or the prospect is engaging with us in different places. And so we'll roll out a deal via email, but we have tools that ensure that we can connect the two pieces. So we know if we send you this email on Monday introducing the season pass, we know whether you open that email and didn't click on it, and now we have an audience on Facebook that we can hit you there. So we're we're connecting all these pieces together to work cohesively. We're not just kind of shooting blind with each each platform, which a lot of people I think do is they do email and they do Facebook and they do Twitter and they do messenger and they're all kind of in their own bubbles and they don't talk to each other and they're not flowing and using the the platform most valuably. So, um, you know, we use drip and there's other tools out there that are similar to this, but a lot of these really good advanced email tools allow you to create custom audiences. Um, so that, you know, that is synchronized right up there to Facebook, right? So you can like say everyone who opened the emails and in this audience, everyone who didn't open the emails in this other audience. And I'd imagine you could even say everyone who clicked, but did not buy is in yet another audience, right? And then you can start combining those audiences. Uh, I would imagine it gets a little tricky when you only have a day to do the whole campaign. Um, or, or is that, is that possible to do? I mean, cause you did a cyber Monday deal, right? So had you sent the email literally and you, I mean, that, does, I'm not a Facebook ads expert, but are those audiences generally updated in real time? So, yeah, it's definitely challenging with one-day deals. Um, 
you know, we, we pre-build everything ahead of time, right? So we're not doing anything that day. Everything is pre, pre-built. All oh, the you already know who your customers are. Ready to go. Yeah, you already know who your customers are. So you must have an audience of them on Facebook, right? Correct. And we might run an extension, right? So for the email connection example, you know, we ran an extension that for another 24 hours. So we're able to, you know, if, it, if we're not able to do it in real time because it's a 24-hour really short window, we're able to at least use that data of, okay, these people, they open the email, they open the other email, they didn't click on it, they viewed the video on Facebook, but they didn't buy, let's hit them with this final offer on Tuesday saying, hey, we extended the offer 12 hours, 24 hours, now's your last chance, play on the scarcity there, and also the bonus of we extended it just for you. So if you can't do it in 24 hours, there's still ways to to take that kind of real-time data and make sure you're getting the most value out of it. Can you give another example maybe of um, one you've done for your clients and you don't sure. have to mention the name or you could, but I'd just love to show people another example of how this might work. Sure. So a great example, we do all the pay traffic for Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income. And um, you know he rolls, he has a very, very loyal tribe. He has a lot of people that, he's a great example. I mean, he's a perfect example because he has a lot of people that buy from him repeatedly They've been lifetime customers. So when we rolled out his podcasting course, Power Up Podcasting, it was a seven-day card open, and we broke down our our campaigns to cold and warm traffic. So we had one campaign, we're targeting lookalikes, which is using that data to find other people on Facebook. We targeted interest behaviors, demos, but then we had a whole other campaign that was targeting people on his waiting list, people on his email list, people that have bought previous courses, people that have bought tripwires. So every kind of step of the funnel all the way up to the next logical thing, purchasing a higher price course from him. And we were able to hit them with that that offer. And those campaigns were the campaigns that did 15, 20, 30X and helped balance out the you know 1.5 to 2.5X returns that you get on average to cold traffic, especially in short time windows. Okay. So for those that don't know what a tripwire is, why don't you explain that? Yep. So a tripwire is a lower price product. It's usually a piece of the full product. So if it's a course, it might be a module from it, a video from it. And it's basically a micro equipment from a customer. So instead of going from them, just giving you an email to pitching them a $700 product, you say, well, here's a $30 product, a $20 product. And if you like this, we have an entire course with a hundred more videos just like this. Mm. So it eases people into the buying process. It makes it a little more natural and less of a jump from free to high ticket. Well, that's a concept that a lot of people probably are not familiar with. Do you find that those people that buy that sample product or that lower cost product tend to convert um, at a higher rate than just cold traffic or you know, uh, people that are, have never bought before? Yeah, if you're content is great. So if your product is very good, right. um, you don't, you know, obviously people that have bad courses or bad products, that's just going to do the opposite. Cause they're gonna be like, this is terrible. But if you're like Pat and you have really, really high quality content and you're best in the world at what you do, right. that tripwire audience converts significantly higher than cold traffic does. So when you are advertising to a customer, do you somehow write the ad in such a way to, 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 to signal to the customer that, hey, thanks for being part of Pat's Drive? Or, I mean, how do, because how do, again, they're seeing this on Facebook, right? So how do we need to be thinking about how we craft the copy uh, and the ads when we're actually marketing to our customers? Yeah, I actually take it a step further. One of the 
the examples that I give to all my customers and students is a, a thank you ad from the founder. So we're talking about post-purchase sequences. Mm-hmm. And one of the best ways to transition people from broadly targeting cold traffic to a product and then them recognizing that you appreciate their business and now you're in a different stage is actually having a founder thank you video without an objective on it. Uh, we've done them for all of our businesses, all of our client businesses. You take 30 seconds, you film a thank you video, and you run that ad for two days post-purchase. And it, it is incredible the feedback you get from people because mm-hmm. you, you're like, they care about me. This is the founder taking 30 seconds out of their time. They're not asking for anything here. It's all about building relationship, loyalty, goodwill. And I know we're going to talk in a little bit about mistakes people make, and this ties into that. But um, that is a, a transitional point in the sequence, in the campaign from, hey, before you were in the non-buyer bucket, now you're in the buyer bucket. Here's that that kind of keystone moving from A to Z. So, okay. So first of all, I love this idea of the founder thank you video, but I want to back up just for a second. Let's assume we're selling the product instead of just sending them like a goodwill kind of video. Um, Do we do some sort of combination like, hey, thanks so much for having previously purchased blah, blah, blah. I think you might be interested in XYZ. I mean, is that kind of how we bridge that gap so that they know that this is a special ad just for them, a prior pack customer? Or is is that not necessary? It, so the impact, whether you you make it known in the in the the text copy or the video script, is still there. You're still going to have a very very outsized ROI on those ads, that audience, and somebody else. Hmm. However, if you can tie in some level of personalization and recognition that, hey, we're running this special deal. Maybe it's a special discount. Maybe you're throwing in a bonus. And we're only doing this because you're already part of my tribe. You've already bought XYZ course or you're part of this list. That definitely has a kind of amplification impact on the the ROI of the ad. Very interesting. And then now back to this founder thank you video. Are you um, are you just putting a little tiny bit of budget on that and um, letting it roll indefinitely? Like if, you know, there's a lot of people that sell like like us, we, we have a nine-month cycle for our conference, you know what I mean? So if someone purchased a ticket to Social Media Marketing World and I took this idea and decided to execute on this and made a thank you video, would I let that one ad just run and just only have it roll to people that you know purchased in the last couple of days? And if yep. so, what do I do with the people that watch that video, if anything? Yep, great question. So th- this video, it's going to be low budget because it's only going to be for your customers and it's running, we typically run this video for two to three days post-purchase. So uh, I can't get into it today because it's a technical thing, but right. when you're creating audiences on Facebook, you can set the duration. And so for these audiences, you would set it for two or three days. Right. So that video is only going to show to people that fall in that window. So small budget campaign, you're using typically an objective like video views or reach that are much cheaper objectives. Hmm from Facebook's perspective. So you're not paying a lot because of the the objective. And typically in this video, I'm not pitching anything when I do them for for clients, when they do them, they don't pitch anything. It's purely just a a thank you. We appreciate your business. We value your business. If there's anything that I can do to make your experience better, feel free to reach out to me. And it's it's kind of a pattern interrupt. That ad always gets so much organic engagement in terms of, of shares and comments, people tagging friends that ironically, 
it becomes one of our more profitable ads because people actually go back to the site and they might rebuy something just from that ad, even without a link in it. So it's an interesting effect when you're not pitching something and just focusing on a relationship, the value people get out of that and what the what they're willing to do, the steps they're willing to take because of that. How fascinating. And does Facebook smart enough to track conversions on that ad, even though there is technically just your, your objective is just views? Yep, because you can track. So Facebook, for 28 days, they track both clicks and views. So they typically just show you seven-day clicks and one-day views as the default. But you can change that setting in Facebook, and you can see, hey, if somebody viewed this ad and then went and bought within a 28-day window, it's going to be attributed back to that ad. Very cool. Okay, um, there are different kinds of customers, um, right? So you have you have customers that are your most loyal, fanatical, buy everything you have customers. We'll just call those repeat customers. And then we've got the first-time customers. Is there any um, thing we need to be thinking about with an ad or sequences or anything that um, that you can share with us uh, for these two different kinds of customers? Sure. So for the the first-time customers, we're really looking to get three things out of that customer. So we're looking to get goodwill, brand loyalty, develop that. We're looking to develop user-generated content, so photos with the product, video testimonials, reviews that we can use on the cold traffic ads to make them more profitable. And then three, we're looking to get that repeat purchase either through an upsell, a cross-sell, moving them to a subscription model. So that's first-time buyers. Now, second-time repeat buyers, we're looking to maybe get them more deeply ingrained into our tribes. We might say, hey, we have an ambassador program or an affiliate program that we only invite repeat customers and loyal customers into. We might bring them in there. We might invite them to a special meetup. We might offer them a special you know, early release of a software product. And so the focus really with the, the repeat customers is how can we really make sure they understand how important they are to our brand and get them more deeply ingrained into what we do on a daily basis and feel like they're a part of it. Um, and obviously, that. we still pitch things to them, but it's, it's different than the way we're treating that first-time customer. I think a lot of people treat their first-time customers and their repeat customers identically. I think yes. a lot of marketers are probably like, okay, we we will probably invite all of our customers to join our affiliate program, you know, um, or you know, when the next product comes out, we'll treat all the customers the same as far as giving them early opportunity to participate in it, instead of those customers that are return or repeat customers. So I like the idea of segmenting these separate. Um, these things separately. Fundamentally, it might be technically hard, I would imagine. Um, Do you need special kind of tools to be able to kind of know the difference between a first-time customer and a repeat customer? You don't. That's the cool thing with Facebook. Um, You can, there's advanced options when you're creating these custom audiences. And one of those options is number of purchases. So you can set it that this is people that bought more than two times. Wow. More than one time. And then you have the repeat customer audience. Huh. Now that's assuming Facebook has that data, right? Um, or how, how in the world does Facebook get that data in the first place? Is that because they purchased as a result of previous ads that you've done? Or how are they getting that data, I guess, is one of the questions. So, I've got. yep. So as long as you are, you have your Facebook pixel, which is the, the kind of cornerstone of all this working, is having this piece of code on your website right. so Facebook can track all the activity. If you have your purchase event on your thank you page um, for your Shopify store or whatever store it is, 
it doesn't matter if you send traffic from Facebook or somebody comes from an email or word of mouth. Wow. They're still tracking that purchase and then tagging it back to their user account on Facebook. So as long as that's there, it'll track that and you can build those audiences. Scary how much they know about us, huh? <laughs> it is. It's terrifying as a consumer. It's great as an advertiser. It's a dilemma for Facebook advertisers. Yeah, that is so fascinating. I had no idea. Um, okay, now getting to the first time users. Uh, you brought up a bunch of cool stuff. Um, uh, I want to focus in on this user-generated content. Um, can you give us any ideas on how we could take a first-time customer and maybe get you know testimonials or whatever using ads uh, if you've ever done anything like that? Because that's something I'd never considered before. Sure. So we typically run a lot of different contests for our our kind of apparel brands and B2C brands where we want to get photos with products. And so running an ad after the person gets the product, and that's very important, mistake people make with post-purchase retargeting, they they don't match up their audience like del- delivery windows with their product delivery windows. So what I mean by that is it might take seven days for somebody to get a product. They might start running an ad asking for a review right after they purchase. Hmm. So now somebody's seeing an ad being like, hey, review your new razor, review your new razor. And they're like, well, I didn't get it yet. Should I have gotten it yet? Now they're calling customer service. Um, So just a quick tip on making sure you're you're in sync there. But we'll run contests and then we'll basically create a video ad that'll have just a, you know, either one of the founders, one of the members of the team talking about, hey, we're running a contest just for our customers. We want to see you, you know, rocking your favorite startup drugs tea or favorite, you know, whatever, whatever the product is. And, uh, you know, these are the prizes, here's how to enter, here's how to win. So it, nothing super fancy, but we're just delivering that message to the right person at the right time. And there, there's lots of tools out there for running contests and collecting UGC, user-generated content. Um, Do you have any Yotpo. off the top of your head? That, yeah, go ahead. What, go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah, so, so Yotpo, uh, Y-O-T-P-O, is one of the more popular. They're a review platform initially for Shopify but they make it really easy to collect user-generated content from customers in the follow-up sequence. Um, so it's, they're really, really popular. Do you have like to the, be a Shopify biggest. user to use that technology, or can anyone use that? I believe they're, they, they're available for WooCommerce and, and pretty much every major e-commerce platform cool. out there. Um, they're, they're the biggest in the space when it comes to that. So, so the idea with the ad here to try to get a review and or a product photograph is to have some sort of a promotion contest where you're maybe giving something away. What kind of giveaway are you typically doing when you're trying to incentivize customers to do these things? Um, yeah, I think it, the, if it's digital products, we might do a, uh, you know, a freebie on our next course we might offer consulting hours. There That's what we just did with one of our courses. If it's a physical product, we might, you know, set different tiers. Here's like our, you know, first place is getting our, you know, most expensive canvas, $200 canvas. Then we're giving away t-shirts and hoodies to the next 10 people. And we usually set brackets, right? You don't want to just run a contest where only one person can win because hmm. people, if they don't enter it day one and they see the leaderboard, they're going to feel defeated and probably not enter. So you want to make sure you have different levels of rewards for, um, for different you know, rankings in the contest, maybe do some random giveaways as well, just to make sure people feel like I don't need to have the most referrals or the most votes or whatever it is to, to win this contest. Cool. Well, we've just kind of talked about a bazillion different ideas of what we can do on the post purchase uh, with Facebook retargeting. Um, I would like to uh, talk about some of the things we should avoid 
um, some of the mistakes that rookies tend to make like me. <laughs> so what can we, what should we, what should we be careful about? Sure. So the, the first one we already hit on, which is making sure you're not, uh, you're not running the wrong message to the person at the wrong time. Um, whether it's asking for a review or the UGC, you don't want to ask that to people that haven't gotten the product yet. And that, that's pretty obvious, but a lot of people just don't think about that. So how do you, the how other, do you resolve that? You just, uh, you say they've been a customer for at least this many days or something like that, or how do how do you? Yeah. So, so you just want to make sure, look at your, your average delivery time for your product, give it a buffer of a few days. And then that's where you start that ad. So that ad doesn't start until, you know, 14 days after purchase. So from day 14 to 21, this is when we're going to run the ad. Got it. And you make sure you give yourself a buffer there. Um, so you're just not hitting people too soon. Now, is there a, is, does Facebook allow you to create an audience, um, automatically, if you will, like once someone becomes a customer and goes into an audience, can you create a second audience off of that? That's, you know, like 14 days later, put them in this audience and then target them. Or do you need some special tools to do something like that? You don't need special tools. Um, Facebook at the audience level, they have things called inclusions and exclusions. So for this to work, for example, you might have two, let's say you have two buyer audiences. One is for people that bought in the last 21 days. And one is for people that bought in the last 14 days. Mm. What you would do is include that buyer group 21 and then exclude buyer group 14. So now you just have the difference. So now you just have people that fall between day 15 and 21. That that's um, So you don't need any special tools and you don't need any special audiences. You just have to exclude the right number of days and include the right number of days and get the, the difference between the two. That is so cool. Somebody listening right now is like, thank you. <laughs> I've been trying to figure <laughs> yeah, that that's out. That's my goal. <laughs> what else should we avoid? Reselling. You don't want to uh, just try to exhaust as much money from the customer as possible. I think when, when people hear post-purchase retargeting or customer follow-up, their mind automatically goes to upselling and cross-selling. That's all I'm going to do, right? Mm. And this is not a uh, unlimited well of cash, your customer, right? Everybody has different different amounts of discretionary income. Everybody has different levels of excitement with your product and enjoyment of your product. So you, you don't want to hit them with constantly pitching products. And that's why I really like the idea of having a thank you ad, mixing in ads that don't have an objective of selling something. Right. And uh, it, it's challenging for people, for business owners and entrepreneurs, and especially marketers, to wrap their head around that, of like spending money on a paid ad without getting money back, without a dollar objective. That, that's sometimes hard for people to wrap their head around. But what I can promise you is that investing that little bit of extra budget into those types of ads makes it when you do pitch products to them, your conversion rates are significantly higher, your cost per acquisition is significantly lower, and those people will spend more money. So the the net gain is positive. And that's where I look is the, yeah. the long term, the whole campaign, not just individual elements, because that can be misleading. I think if we think about everything we've talked about the, up to this moment as this, you know, after they make the purchase, um, uh, interacting with them, and we take the ad out of it. I think if we substituted email, I don't think anybody would have any objection. And I think that we as marketers need to be thinking about, okay, why would it be valuable to send a video regardless of the medium? Why would it be valuable to get 
uh, a contest going that generates testimonials, regardless of the medium, you know, like when you start thinking through that, yeah, yeah, I can understand why that would be important because we want to turn these customers into raving fans. Right. And what we're doing here with this ad retargeting is really the same types of things that we likely should be doing with any of our communications with our customers. The difference is that we are increasing the likelihood that we will get the customer to take the action or to receive the message by putting some money behind it. That's really what we're talking about. Am I right? I couldn't have said it better myself. That's a great way to summarize it. Yeah. And it's like, once you wrap your brain around that, there's like an aha moment that happens, right? Because I I think anyone who's listening that has to sell this to the boss, you got to, you got to be thinking to yourself, okay, go to the boss and say, Hey, do you think it'd be advantageous if our customer, if, if you sent our customers a thank you video, or if we got more testimonials from them, you know, and, or if we got some more product photos from them. Yeah, I totally think it it would be then say why? Well, because this will happen, right? This, um, and this will happen and we can do stuff with that. And then like, okay, so are we willing to spend a little bit of money? (laughs) That's the magic question right there. Right. And does it need to be a lot of money to do this, um, uh, post-purchase stuff or is this pretty low cost? And that, that's why I gave you the example of my Cyber Monday deal because, listen, I, we, we spend thousands and thousands of dollars a day and tens of thousands some days on our courses and stuff. We only spent $300 on this ad because, remember, your buyer audience is much, much smaller than your, your to- total audience you're going after. Right. So we spent $300 and we brought in you know, $11,500. $11, so not a, lot of, not a lot of risk but a massive upside. What about expectations? Should we expect – if we're targeting a customer audience that's much smaller than an addressable audience, should we set our expectations that um, they're not going to be super huge, um, but there could be some long-term you know, benefit, long-term ROI on something like this? The way I look at it is you need to factor these numbers back into your the math you're running for acquiring customers. So a, a lot of businesses and marketers focus on okay, here's what my average order value is for my first-time customer, and this is what my profit is, and this is now what I can afford to pay to acquire that customer. What they're not doing, though, is factoring in the lifetime value of that customer. Right. So most businesses, their first-time average order value is going to be much, much lower than the lifetime value of that customer. So even though the total audience on this post-purchase might not be big, the the revenue that it brings in and how profitable that revenue is can be factored in back into your value of a customer, which means you might be able to pay more to acquire that customer than your competition because you know that, which means you're going to be able to acquire better customers more rapidly because you're outbidding your competition. And so that's really where it's important is factoring all of this into what you're doing on the front end to acquire customers to be more competitive and more successful. If we are, let's say that we've had a customer that's a repeat customer and it's time to launch a new product. Is it fair fair for me to um, hypothesize that we should be willing to pay more to to turn an existing customer into a repeat customer than we would a cold customer or should it be in reverse? Like what said another way, should I give Facebook more money to try to get in front of this audience because it's more valuable to me? So you should be willing to pay more. The, re- the the reality, though, is that you end up paying less for the repeat purchase, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So from a business standpoint, you should be. But the great thing is that you actually end up paying less on a cost per purchase basis selling to your existing customers than you do your cold 
non-customers. Because they're more likely to say yes. Correct. Correct. Fascinating. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention that we haven't addressed already? No, I think we, we covered a ton of stuff. And I, I know sometimes uh, this can get confusing and technical. And I apologize if anything went over on his head. But I'm more than happy to, to do follow-up questions if anybody has questions after this and uh, you know in the future to answer any of the technical stuff. Awesome. Well, I just want to say, Max, that this was absolutely fascinating. And I know that everyone who's listening, many people are going to rewind and listen to this whole thing again. So why don't you tell everyone where they can discover your uh, course and everything else you've got going on? Sure. So unicorninnovations.com is our website that has all of our info, all of the properties we own, how to get in touch with me, everything in one place, just one, one URL. So it's easy unicorninnovations.com a very cool name maxwell finn thank you so much for joining us this week with your awesome wisdom thanks for having me it was a pleasure wow 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 such solid gold in today's episode if there was anything that we mentioned don't worry we take the notes for you socialmediaexaminer.com slash 282 also hit that subscribe button if you're new to this podcast brings us to the end of another episode of the social media marketing podcast How's that for a fast talker? <laughs> I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world in a good way. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.